getting back on stage for the first time was was just like sort of surreal, sort of deja vu feeling. Like, hold on a sec. Yeah. Like, what? We're doing this again? Okay, we're doing this again. Like, nothing shows you how much live music means to people, like, taking it away. Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. What an awesome episode we have today. My guest is Danny Golden. He's from Austin, Texas. He's a singer-songwriter. He's got a new single out. It's called Alien, which is very apropos at the moment. It's on my mind. It's in the news. Anyway, and our guest coming up, uh, also Gary Morris, tells us a great uh, UFO uh, story. So that's in another episode. But let's get back to Danny. So, yeah, he's a singer-songwriter. Had him on. Super cool guy. Um, you know, just had a great conversation. Uh, again, this is what sort of podcasts are about. Uh, just, you know, being able to talk to a singer-songwriter and uh, find out their story, you know, how they come up with their music and all those sort of things. And we talked about how he, you know, got through the pandemic and, uh, what's happening now, uh, you know, able to get get back out and, and start playing some shows. So really cool episode, really cool guy. Um, he's still young, kind of. So he's, you know, he's got a long way to go in this industry. Um, and it's sort of like a Pete Yorn sound. That, that's what I would say. Uh, he may have something else uh, to say, but that's sort of the sound I get from. Really cool. Honestly, I really love the song. It's called Alien again. Uh, you know, so definitely check that out. And um, yeah, it's a great episode. So we'll keep this intro short today. All right, so quick word from our sponsor, Texas Real Food, and then uh, we'll be back. Hi, I wanted to talk to you about what's on the Texas Real Food site that's more than just putting in your zip code and finding, you know, the coolest butcher, farmer's market, restaurant around you. There's also other resources on the site, recipes, articles, and one in particular is called the Texas Mom Blog. It's awesome. Faria Khan is writing these beautiful articles. You can really learn a lot about Texas, just giving you a lot of other things to think about. Food, family, everything behind that goes into food as well. So just different topics and uh, conversations. Definitely something worth checking out as well. All right, back to the show. All right, texasrealfood.com. Don't forget, check it out. Um, okay, before we uh, get to this uh, interview, as always, you know I'm going to bring it up, social media. Don't forget, check it out. Go to Lone Star Plate TX. Uh, we are most active on Instagram and Facebook, but definitely Instagram and our YouTube channel. Don't forget the Lone Star Plate podcast. If you're watching this right now on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. You know, almost like 80% of our views come from non-subscribers. So we need, if you're watching this and you like the content, and I know you do, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, and that way you can be notified of all the new content we put out. And we put out content all week long, literally. Almost every day there's a new video coming out, two new episodes, break it down into clips. There's always YouTube exclusives, all kinds of stuff. So please check it out. All right, let's get to the show. Danny Golden is his name. And uh, again, just phenomenal interview. Really enjoyed the guy. 
and uh, the song is called Alien. And he plays the song for us. So you get a live performance of the song. You know how I do it, y'all. I'm bringing y'all the goods here. Okay, please. You're welcome. All right, let's get to the show. Danny Golden. Enjoy. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us, ma'am. Yeah. It. How's it going? Good, good day for podcasting. I've been podcasting all day. I've done a lot of great interviews. So excited for this one. Yeah, cool. I love, man. My, I love my job, man. This I just get to talk to cool people, man, like you. So you're here in Austin? I was, man. I just moved from Austin. Um, I guess it's been a month now. I'm in Dallas now. Nice. I've been up, up back and forth to Dallas working with some people up there. Um, yeah. Also a very fun town. Yeah, I'm from I'm from the Dallas area originally. Um, I moved to Austin just to literally I moved to Austin just to open my food truck. That oh, wow. Was, that was the only reason. I mean, it's the best city in in Texas to open a food truck, in my opinion. So at least it was back um, 2014 when I moved down to Austin. Yeah. Now, I mean, Houston's it, a good city for it, too. Now. Yeah, it might. You know, I don't know if like if oversaturation is a problem with food trucks or not, but. If it is, then, you know. Is that how you feel about it? Do you think there's a lot of food trucks in Austin? I don't think there's too many, you know, but yeah. I'm thinking like if I were trying to start that business, like you have a lot of competition. That's a good thing, though. When it comes to food, like that's a good thing because that means people are out there eating. They're there. They'll choose you. You know, you'll, you'll be one of the places they'll they'll put into the rotation if if as long as you don't fuck it up. Yeah. Are know? most people... I mean, I guess it's a generalization, but is a lot of times the goal with with a food truck hoping to then like grow into like brick and mortar and and get a restaurant going? Sure, I think a lot. I think you're right, man. I think a lot of people. Um, I would say that's probably eighty percent of people's goal is to get that into a brick and mortar. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. some people are happy to just do events and you know that that sort of thing um but i, I gotta be honest um that, that's actually a great point you bring up um because the better the relationships between food trucks and bars have gotten yeah you're, you're actually gonna see people like well, i don't even need to open a brick and mortar anymore right like I, I just partner with this bar they handle all that i handle this and this works great you know, and uh, so I think that's so I think you're going to see less of that. I think more people will be more comfortable with just maintaining that food truck and that trailer and no problem. Don't don't need to go the brick and mortar uh, route, which yeah. is, you know, becoming less and less. Um, what, what's the right word? I, I don't want to use the wrong word like like it's becoming less and less romanticized to like have this restaurant. Uh-huh. Right. That's not it's not as big a dream anymore. Um, because it's it's a big hassle, man. It's a lot of money and it's a lot of you know, stuff. Yeah, I would so, guess your your overhead really yeah, changes when your you're overhead. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, they're they're looking at other ways, you know, whether it be food trucks, food halls, you know, other ways, other ghost kitchens, right? Other mediums to get you the food, but maybe not in the the way it was. And honestly, the pandemic not 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 purposely but because of you know just having to same same with i'm sure this conversation i'll get in with you as well with, with the music side of things you've had you know had to make some adjustments mm -hmm. and pivot right and make some moves and and some of those pivots and adjustments that have been made will stick around yeah yeah uh, like 
like you can decide if they're if they're good things or bad things but like either way like that's what happened and and it it forced i think every single industry to like just think about top down how they how they do what they do and yeah Yeah. like food truck like i I have some friends who well i met them just because they they opened a truck around the corner from my old house on on the east side uh this truck called discada tacos have you been there what's it called say it again discada d-i-s-c-a-d-a d-i-s-c-a discada tacos i wonder what that is if that's a and but discada name. is like a, a type of it's like a Mexican version of of a walk. Um, I never heard that word, and I'm Mexican. Boy, that's yeah. a shame. Discada, discada. I've never heard that. I don't think I've ever heard that. Discada. Well, next time you're back here, I, I would recommend it. It's like yeah, my favorite tacos in Austin, and they opened up two, maybe three years ago, and just did really well right away. Just because it's so like the food is so good. And yeah, hell yeah. They were getting offers from people, at least the last time I talked to them, of like, you know, investors trying to move into the restaurant thing. And sure. and uh they were I was surprised when they were like, you know, we're gonna wait until the right thing comes along. And then yeah. sure enough, like the pandemic happened, and I think they're happy that they could just stay working yeah. the truck and but. yeah, absolutely. Oh, that would have been a nightmare to have uh you know, the rent and all the other bullshit that comes with, you know, you can still have rent that you're paying with a food truck, but not, not, not nothing like, uh, you know, a, a, an actual building uh, lease. Yeah. Rent. Right. It's, it's different. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. So this guy, tacos, please check that out in Austin. Hey, I'm all about that. That's awesome. I love good, good new food shout outs on the podcast. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming that that's their, that's their, um, their uh their angle right that they cook it in these walks and yeah it's just one type of taco that they do um and i i I think i know what you're talking about actually so so that thing that they use right it's got handles on both sides Mm. they that's used yeah that's a very mexican thing to do yeah that's how you you make a lot of dishes in mexico like every like literally every dish you eat is 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 will be made in that at some places it's all they have yeah you know out of necessity yeah it's delicious that's awesome what's like your favorite what's your favorite ones there well they only do one type of taco oh Um, dude that's awesome actually i love that yeah well tiny like tiny tiny like real mexican street taco size yeah you get one three or eight i get eight but yeah those guys I miss, I moved, now I live uh, over by Zilker Park, so yeah. I can just walk over there four times a week and get this taco. <laughs> <laughs> What's around you there at Zilker? Let's see, um, you've got that food truck park there off of Barton Springs. Yeah. Right, um, with the Mighty Meat or Mighty Cone, I think yeah. it's called. Um, I don't know what else is there. There's a, lot of tra- there's a lot of trailers that have changed there. Good trailers, some good little, re- I mean. Oh, there's a Thai recipe or Thai ice cream right a hollow mode hollow mode yeah yeah i've seen it yes yeah Yeah. go there dude that's delicious go there yeah yeah i mean i don't think there's really a neighborhood in austin that doesn't have great great food truck or restaurant options like around it yeah boiled you know music and food in this city is just you know i was thinking about you know like when i asked you earlier about 
if you're opening a, a truck, are you worried that there's too many trucks? And then I'm thinking like, as a musician, like the whole reason you come to Austin is because there are so many musicians. Exactly. Here. It gives, exactly. it gives, you know, there's like clout, there's talent. There's just yeah. like a buzz, you know, they'll take a chance on you. Mm-hmm. Right. The same way in Austin, it's like, you have a food truck. Yeah, there's a lot of them. But if someone comes upon your food truck, they're like, yeah, I'll try it because I'm used to the culture of food trucks. So I'll give it a go. Whereas in maybe in other cities, it's like unless you're in the right place, right at the right thing, then maybe they're not going to give you that that yeah. opportunity. Like you said, clout. It sort of just gives you this baseline of clout yeah, and credibility. It, yeah, credibility. If, yeah, if that's can, a good point. Like, if you can make it in the environment in music or food in the city then you know anybody on the street is gonna be like all right like it must be legit exactly yeah that's exactly it yeah that's right so are you originally from austin no um i grew up in pennsylvania i'm from pittsburgh oh Uh, right on man i used to live in lancaster um for like almost three years yeah part of my life i mean i i love i love that part of the world I, i loved growing up there but i think I came, I came down to Austin a little over five years ago, um, because like what we were talking about earlier, like this is a city where you, if, you know, if you want to go for something in music, this is a really good place to start that journey. Did you know anybody here when you moved? I don't know. I didn't know anyone here. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. I was 22 and I, most of my friends either were in Pittsburgh or went to New York City to go do their thing. Like, I didn't know anyone here. And I had two friends that were saying they're going to move down here and get into the film scene. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a chance and try and get into uh, get into music in Austin. Like, I'd never been here. Just Oh, you, you hadn't know, even visited before? You no, never even the visited. only time I'd been to Texas, I had been... That's I had fun. camped in Paladero Canyon for a week. And that, <laughs> that was my only experience of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but I came down and then the guys that I was planning on moving with, they didn't end up coming down here for another year and a half. So <laughs> I was just, you know, jumped into the deep end. Yeah. And I'm glad that I that I didn't have like, you know, friends to like fall back on and feel comfortable with. And it was like you're here, you know, if, if you're going to make anything happen, like you just got to go for it. And so I just started going to watch other people's shows and meeting people around and writing and, um, you know, just got connected with a couple people and did a couple shows and recorded some things. And it just sort of snowballed into like creating like a, a, a career for myself. Like I I never planned on being a, on doing exactly what I do. I just sort of followed my artistic instincts and, and sort of embraced what became possible for me. And it's, it's turned into like a pretty, uh, a pretty fun adventure so far. No, man, that's awesome. Um, I actually have a few questions about what you just said, uh, to be honest with you. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, okay, so you moved down here and you're playing, you know, your music. Did you find Austin very just because there are a lot of musicians just 
people being very open to like, yeah, let's do, let's work on something. Let's, you know, let's do something. Let's work on something. You want to come over my house and practice. You want to, you need this, you know, did you feel it very that way? Or I'm curious what, what the city yeah. felt like to you. I think come, I think I, I hoped it would be that way. And it mostly was that way. But when you show up, like you're a little intimidated, you're like, sure. you know, sure. you get that yeah. imposter, like, who am I, you know, I'm never going to yeah, get totally. in here, but I was lucky yeah. that the, the first weekend that I, went out to shows in Austin. Um, I went down to Hotel Vegas, if you know that place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a guy playing there named Brendan Bond. Um, and the show is amazing. And I just went up to him after after the show and said, you know, here's the deal. Like, I just moved here and I don't know what I'm going to do, but I was really inspired <laughs> by, by yeah. what, what I just saw you do. Um, yeah. and, and he was like, oh, that's so cool, man. Like, you know, here's my number. Like, if you need anything, you know, you want to play a show, like, let me know. And fucking love Texas. People that, say that, but like, yeah. he was legit. Like, a yeah. week later, we're having beers and he's helping me put a band together. And, and, you know, wow. And so, damn. Forward. Now, like, whenever I get a chance to help somebody out, like, when someone's done that for you, it makes you want to help other people. Too. Sure. Sure. And, 100%. And, yeah. And Brendan's now. He's he's in the Black Pumas, like he's on the crushing it. He's yeah, crushing he's it. it. Yeah, yeah, he's killing <laughs> you know? it. And yeah, I think they, that's like what you know. If you're if you put out that kind of positivity to the world, like it it comes back to you like that. Oh man, look, a hundred percent. Um, you know, not just this industry, any industry, but but you know, particularly music. And you're right. You know, I've had a lot of artists on who who are veterans, right? They're, they're experienced in this industry. They've been playing music 40, 50, you know, years sometimes. Some, some of these people I speak to with, you know, legends. And really that's what it comes down. You know, the more I speak to them and I have these conversations, that's really what a lot of their stories are. Their stories are, yeah, I helped so-and-so, he helped me, right? That's literally every story as their career. So, I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, I think if you sort of like cocoon yourself up, you're not getting anywhere. Yeah, you got to right. put yourself out there. You got to like be open to to other people being involved and and help other people. And like, yeah, you do it. There are people who can sustain a 50-year career in this and like I think as long as you're staying true, like as long as you're always kind of creating and and like following that direction of like, you know, I'm, I'm making music because it's what I want to do. And like, you'll catch breaks along the way, some big, some small. And sure. You know, Austin I've found is, is a place where that, that can happen. It's really conducive to what was Pittsburgh like to live like that. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, when I was growing up, like it didn't have, a much of a music scene that I knew about. I think it's growing now, but you know, it was like, it was the steel city and then yeah. steel left. And yeah. so <laughs> it was, yeah. there was like a, there was a kind of a decline, you know, the rust belt, like sure. it, it was a little bit, uh, it was struggling, I think in like the eighties and nineties, nineties, two thousands when I was growing up. But, but now there's this tech boom. They've got like Carnegie Mellon, all these great schools. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's this huge renaissance happening in Pittsburgh. And the food scene is incredible. The art scene is incredible. Oh, hell like, yeah. Now That's I awesome. go back there any chance, any chance that I get. I mean, part of me has always wanted to go back there and, and live in Pittsburgh, but I'm having too much fun in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> to go back. Absolutely. Well, you just like you said, you can head back to, uh, you know, visit here and there. Um, you know, it's getting easier and easier to travel for sure. Well, maybe not now with the pandemic, but yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's getting better, too. I mean, I finally I didn't play a show for last january i think was the last time i performed oh shit and uh have you played anything yet recently or yeah last night was the first time really i got on stage since no shit and it felt weird and it felt great you know it was it felt weird and great yeah (laughs) it's surreal normally you know it's something i'm doing you know touring it's every night or like when i'm here in austin it's every week or every couple weeks i'm so used to doing that and then you take it away for a long time getting back on stage for the first time was was just like sort of surreal sort of deja vu feeling like hold on a sec like what we're doing this again okay we're doing this again and by you know three songs in i was like yes like had that that like adrenaline just that's yeah, awesome. I was on cloud nine to be uh to be playing for people in the same space again <laughs> no I, I mean absolute look y- you were on cloud nine the fans were too right I, I, I guarantee you right like everyone's ready for it both yeah. sides both sides are ready uh for this to happen you know yeah that yeah happen. i think like nothing shows you how much live music means to people like taking it away I mean, yeah. right? That's There's just just like anything, right? You take that shit away, you're like, God, dad, I didn't realize how much I enjoy going to so and so bar on Thursday to see so and so, you know, or yep. whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely, man. It makes a big difference. All of a sudden, you can't do it, and yeah. you know, and it's not just it's not just the artist fan relationship that is lost in that 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 definitely is what needs to be talked about and that's a a big part of the conversations i have on the podcast too but i think something else is it's the fan to fan relationship that's also gone that might even be more crucial just like the sort of bonding like of the people together in the crowd right forget forget just the fan loving you right just yeah okay great singing your song but it's the more when i show up i'm meeting my homeboy right we're hanging out and drinking and enjoying this music but yeah. that camaraderie that yeah. right it's like is gone yeah well it's like funny i mean i'm thinking about food with this podcast it's the same thing as like you know you could go to a great restaurant and have the best meal of your life but it's like the first thing you want to do is tell someone about it and share that with someone someone else needs to know yeah totally and we need you eat it and you're like it's good right it's delicious right 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 (laughs) it's the best thing you're at right tell me this is not the best thing you're at right yeah totally it's about it's you know exactly it man it's the shared experience right it's that it's that shared you know which is why live streaming is great for artists Right. And I get why it's happening and and I'm sure it'll continue moving forward. But there's definitely something lost right between not again, not the artist to the fan, because they get to still see the performance. But the fan to fan, it's it's gone. It's uh, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Well, before the pandemic, I felt like I'd never done a live stream and I never really watched the meet there. I just thought, like, you know, that's just I I have no interest. (laughs) And then and then all of a sudden you're like, well. That's all we got. And then yeah. <laughs> I, I, sort of caught, I sort of caught myself being like, okay, like, well, why not embrace like, sure, it's not a live show, but, you know, it's just another, it's another vehicle for performing and connecting yeah. and treat Absolutely. it as that. And so yeah. like from here on out, I think 
I'll probably always continue to do live streams as you know, like shows will be the thing, but like sure. realize there is something really cool about them and there is really something important about them. Absolutely. You know, just be, again, it's something, uh, you, you know, add into the, the toolkit, the repertoire, right. Of what you're doing to connect with your fans. It's just another way to do it. And yeah, the pandemic is going to sh showed a lot of artists how to do that. And then, well, you start touring again, you think, well, actually that, that part was cool. What we did with the pandemic, we can still work that into our, regular things so in some ways it will you know in the long run will be a benefit uh to fans and artists you know in a weird way obviously yeah it's 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 hard to talk about like because the pandemic is like on the face horrible sure. but there i think everyone has also experienced like growth and realizations during this time that they never maybe never would have had you know and it becomes a little bit like it's a hard conversation to like to focus on the positives of such a bad thing. I get, <laughs> but, I get what you're saying. There's, yeah. you know, that's that's the reality. Look, there's nothing wrong with uh, discussing it because that's, I mean, what, what are we just going to talk about? All the people that died the every day, all day. I mean, that's right. obviously we can't do that, right? Like, I mean, that's not life. Life is about. Right. What, what do they say life is about? I mean, I guess there's a lot of things, but life is, you know, falling down and getting back up. Right. Yeah. It's the it's the getting back up part. True. Right. It's that part. That's the that's the crucial uh, part. So, no, man, I think there's nothing wrong with uh, focusing on some of the positives and how it's affecting you and even sharing that with people. Let them experience that as well. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What What are some of the what's a, what's a, what's one particular way that. um it's changed you or you've you've seen growth or, or something along those lines well i think the first couple of months like the full full shutdown period um up until that point i had like i had been recording and touring and stuff but i think i was just getting a little bit like a little directionless like not sure exactly what what I wanted to be making and how I wanted to keep going about like making music and, and all of a sudden. Okay. Forced yeah. to like, wow. These are big thoughts, right? These are like yeah. big thoughts you were having. Yeah. Okay. I get yeah. it. I and then it was, it was just a chance for a reset to sure. just sort of, sure. you know, like come back and, and, have conversations with myself and, and just like reconnect with how much I love writing music and how much I love doing all that stuff because it's stripped of all of the like career part of it. You know, what would you do if you weren't, if you weren't playing music and writing music, like what would you do with your life? Is And is that part of the conversation you had with yourself? Like, no, I wasn't going to give it up. I just was like, I wasn't like, I wasn't really in, in touch with like my sources of like inspiration. I wasn't like, I just was like, I don't know. I felt like I was like banging my head against the wall and, and I just needed a little reset of like, you know, yeah. like thinking, uh, thinking of like the big picture of like what I want to be writing about, how I like, okay. I see. Yeah. I, totally. I think, opening up like a music career can be so many different things sure and absolutely i don't know it just it opened me up to like creative possibilities so that then 
the first six months of the pandemic, I just wrote like crazy, like I've never written before. And then oh, went really? up to Dallas and made made a record in, up in Dallas that we're we're finishing up right now. Like, so, you know, it just it it was like a, a creative boost for me in a lot of ways. Just wow. the, the the stillness of it, you know. That's awesome, man. To be honest with you, I talked to a lot of artists. It was a complete opposite. They they couldn't write anything. They literally yeah. just were were paralyzed. Yeah. For the for the first time in their careers, in fact, because they. I mean, this was sort of the universal. You know, this obviously isn't every single person, but the, sort of the universal thought was they were just anxious and nervous about life and what was happening, and right, and and you, yeah. they, they couldn't write under those circumstances. Yeah. And that's a lot of the conversations I had with other musicians, they were experiencing that. And I would just sit there and be like, for some reason, like You're lean, I, you were I, able to I, lean it, into it. And yeah, I found uh, it because it had nothing to do with me, like everything that was happening in the world. Like what control do I have at this point? You know, sure. none. Sure. And so, yeah. you know, I do have control over like my own, my own state of being so yeah I'll, you know i'll work on that and just let things unfold that i have no no say over that's actually like a superpower to have that mentality man to be able to to mentally um you know sort of think that way is is weirdly like a superpower dude because a lot of people just can't can't do that that's i think that's hard for them i think i've i think art like creating art kind of can help you with that and like therapy meditation all sorts of stuff like that that help you cultivate that skill i think and i've been trying to like oh that's awesome the music that i'm making lately has been sort of trying to tap into that like um that sense of like inner I don't know, free, like autonomy over your own, over your own well-being and your own like emotional state and trying to write stuff about that and, and, yeah. and make sounds that like lend itself to that, you know, with the hopes of, of like sh being able to share at least like my own journey with just like, I don't know, mental, mental health or whatever sure. you want to call it, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, to, to share that sort of positivity with the world. So I'm excited that that I'm recording that right now. So that won't come out for a while. Um, but I do have an EP that's coming out in, let's see, April, April 23rd, I have an EP coming out and that's all stuff that I, that I wrote during the pandemic, right before the pandemic. Hit. Okay. Right before the pandemic and, and recorded it then. And, and that's, from that period that I was talking about earlier where I was just feeling a little bit lost. And I think you, yeah. I think you hear that in the music. I think, I think that comes across in just like the emotional intensity of a lot of it of like, I mean, it's, it's, it's heavier stuff than I've, than I've ever done. Oh, right on. You mean like emotionally deeper, you're more vulnerable. You're, you're sort of, yeah you know, and feeling more about yourself in a way that way and and sonically too like it's just oh okay loud and distorted and yeah um and but yeah this there's one the single on it called i can't change which is 
really the first time I've ever taken like my artistic like lens you know normally I feel like I'm writing about relationships or I'm writing about observations of the world or or like story songs and this is the first time where I like turned the microscope in on myself Wow. and it was weird like it was a very vulnerable thing to do sure but it kind of helped me process exactly what like it, what i was feeling without doing that i i i don't know that i would have figured out and processed what i was going through and so the song itself is like almost this like expressionistic of like just getting it out you know yeah oh that's cool that's cool wow well, man, I think, you know, I think fans and, you know, you're look, you're a fan of music, too. right? I mean, obviously you, you, you love the stuff, right? Yeah, you love the stuff. You know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, what what do you connect with musically the most? Probably stuff where artists are genuine, endearing, take a risk emotionally. Right. They kind yeah. of right. They're, they're walking a tightrope. You don't know if they're going to fall off, you know, in a way. And it, it, that's kind of. Yeah, that's exactly. genuine. You know, that yeah. you can relate to that. When people ask me what I like, I have a hard, I think sometimes I have a hard time knowing what to say because it's not like I I don't like any genre in particular over anything else. You it's like more what you get that. It's like no matter what they sound like, if yeah. it's just like coming from a real place, yeah, then it's good. Totally. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, that's cool. I'm 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 sort of the same way. I, I like anything really. Uh for me, it's about can I move my feet to it? I really like stuff that I and I'm a horrible dancer. <laughs> But, but I like uh, it's the Latin in me, man. It's like, uh -huh. but I still I like something with a good rhythm. And I just like being able to just shake my feet to it while I cook or something. You know, that that's sort of uh, I don't know that that's that's uh, that's it for me. If it's got a good beat um, and definitely uh, if there's some sort of connection, uh, you know, they're being genuine, they're being open, they're being honest. I guess I need that if I'm like seeing it live. Uh huh. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm not seeing it live, I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm, my standards go down. Is that yeah. weird? <laughs> right. Like my standards is like immediately just drop. I don't need much to be happy. But if, I, if it's live, that's different. I'm with you. Like I, I want to see real. Yeah. Right there. You know, I, I don't like those, you know, a concert where like if I turned my head, it'd be the same thing. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be just a CD. Yeah. Like I, I don't, that's not what I'm going to see you live for. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there, there needs to be something there. There needs to be some sort of connection, something I can't get from the recorded, you know, music. If yeah, you I think that's that's what the, be the best live acts do is yeah. they like once you once you experience like the really, really great live acts, like you just I don't know, you take away something that you can't get that any other way. But seeing certain musicians live. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then it's always like, um, and that's something on people's deathbeds too, right? They'll be like, damn, I wish I could have seen so-and-so live. Yeah. Right? Like, right. It's always. And there's, there's such a difference of like, like I'm thinking about the best live stuff I've ever seen. And there's like a variety, like there's, you know, like seeing Springsteen is, is totally. one of the most incredible things ever. It's like going yeah. to see like, the rock and roll preacher or something. Sure. <laughs> I like you that. But something. then there's also going to see like, uh, 
more like jam band type shows like i'll go see that stuff where like it's not like there's somebody at the microphone who's who's like captivating attention it's more like the sense of like okay this band is brave enough to to like go and see anything can happen and we're gonna hope it goes well and when it does (laughs) go well and the audience is connecting with each other and connecting with the band like that is another type of like on like you couldn't recreate that in any other format but live music you know yeah but live exactly yeah totally no that's cool what 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 are some of uh you mentioned springsteen what is there any other particular like apex concerts you've been to well there's like that i mean that era of music like i, I saw the stones play at the the steelers football stadium once oh that, wow i mean they're it's insane how amazing of a performer Mick Jagger is and like how wow. cool that show is. That would know? have been awesome for sure. That's uh, cool. I'm trying to think now it's been so long since I've been to a concert. There's not like, one <laughs> right. <laughs> that's like in the back of my mind, but uh, totally, uh, you know, I saw like people doing it now. I saw uh, Tyler Childers play. Um, he's I think out of, out of the name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's like kind of up and coming in the world of like. I thought it was a football player, actually. Doesn't that sound like a football player name? Like a linebacker? Yeah, yeah. Um, He's got a band that's that's just incredible. I mean, they're just some people, some groups of musicians that like somehow found each other and and created a bit like... uh, (laughs) I feel like there's a certain amount of randomness to like the great bands. Like a hundred percent. There's like, you happen yes. to have the right ingredients and you yeah. happen to like, like each other just enough yeah. for this to have to like make magic for people. Yeah. And just to be like amazing because there's one thing for an artist to come out, right? This one talent that they're pushing behind, right. A com- or the, the label, whatever. Right. But a band, it is, it is like, Holy shit. You've got four or five people that somehow all magically work together and they all grew up in the same little town. Like what yeah. are the odds, you yeah. know, that like, you know, two of them are brothers. You're like, what the fuck? How the talent end up in this family? You know, uh, it, it is crazy. I've been, on, I've been on an Oasis kick lately. Oh the God. Big, They're coming back. Brothers. Aren't they? Yeah. Aren't they? Didn't they reconcile? I mean, there, that's what there Liam are big said. rumors that like the, Twitter is is a buzz with dude. I'm I'm all about Oasis too. I I get such a kick out of like how how unhinged their relationship is publicly. (laughs) Dude, they're so like that's what I'm saying. Even right now, like Liam has come out, but yeah, we've reconciled. And Noel's still like silent. Like you never know what the fuck's going on with those guys. I love every second. Yeah, yeah. Liam's like we're getting back together, and yeah, Noel's like. I don't trust that media. I can't get enough like Oasis lore. (laughs) Oh, dude. I don't know about you, but like, I remember when, you know, Wonderwall hit the scene. I remember when that song hit the scene. I was in high school and it was just everything, dude. It was like, what the fuck is this song? You know, what is this? This is like crazy different and it, was, it it got me to play guitar i remember maybe like yeah i'm gonna pick up a guitar and learn how that's to incredible. play this song just from a song i mean i learned an instrument that's not crazy well i was talking about this with somebody i did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and and I, like i i might be a couple years younger than you i i 
I never really lived through a, like a time in our culture where there was like an iconic new rock song that like took over the world. I see. Like, you know, like from like I would have, you know, I was a teenager in like, I think I started high school in 2006 or 2007, something like that. Okay. Yeah. So like, I'm 10 years older than you. I was born in 79. I graduated in 98. Okay. So like, I, I desperately want to know what, what it's like to like have like a great song be that important to the culture. Like, not that like there is some incredible pop music and some incredible hip hop and stuff, but like, I just, I, it was a different time. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the reason that I like connected with rock and roll, like growing up is fantasizing about living in, you know, 1970, like in the world where this was like, I started listening to grateful dead bootleg tapes yeah. And just, you know, as like a 14 year old, like in my room, <laughs> a mat, like closing my eyes and pretending I was at that show. You know? That's awesome. Like, That's that awesome. was my, my getaway. But, but I wonder if, you know, music and the music business and, and like the, the ways that people consume music will ever get back to that place where like a rock song or like a, you know, like an anthem like that. I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I, just for the just for the fact that there's just so much stuff out there it's hard to get that one thing to get everyone to to focus on yeah right? yeah it used to be there was like the radio and that was yeah it. dude i remember i dude i remember when teen spirit hit right like i remember that being like holy shit and it was all anybody listened to i mean it's the same thing with like sweet child of mine i mean it was like i remember these pivot thriller yeah. Well, Michael Jackson was like, dude, literally everybody fucking listen to Michael. There, there's nothing. No, there's no equivalence anymore. Uh, and probably, you know, Oasis is probably the last band that sort of did that, to be honest with you, because after that, it just started to blend in and more mediums were available and there was just yeah. more, more to get, you know, well, there was MTV, just more things to get. They were right at the end of like mtv one oh yeah it died yeah. dude mtv's a fucking joke i mean when i was yeah, a kid like mtv was everything yeah. yeah i mean you used to literally watch that was the only way to get music videos was mm-hmm. to go home from school turn on mtv and wait for the one premiere or whatever and then watch the other video you know you knew all the videos you were you you know we would fucking record them on vhs and play them back and you know, all that bullshit. And yeah, dude, it just, all of a sudden it just went away. It was just like, it was kind of crazy. It just sort of went away. Yeah. Like no longer there. Well, now now I think, now I think TikTok is like the main like vehicle for the music industry, which. Interesting. Maybe TikTok's in its early days. I'm not sure. Are you on TikTok? Are you on there? Not really. Like I'm sort of figuring it out. Do you have an account on there? I mean, yeah, I have a TikTok account. Um, but like TikTok will do the same thing where there'll be three or four songs that dominate the whole medium and those become the most streamed songs, like the biggest songs in the world. Yeah. Maybe that's it. That's the new. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also like, yeah, I guess I'm like, I'm really interested in like music history and also, and like just wondering kind of how the, 
the art itself evolves alongside like the technology that it's getting to people with and dude um, oh my god i feel like you should have been in our last pod you should have been in the last podcast i did dude with this yeah. guy uh yeah um uh israel his name was israel israel nash yes I know israel. yeah so dude we were having the best conversation just like this about technology music how to adapt we do we were going back to like caveman music okay well, like we went through like history you know it was great a great conversation um yeah so the same thing it's funny how these same motifs come up these same okay. sort of conversations come yeah, up on the like collective mind or yeah it's yeah. sort of because it makes sense that you would think about it and it makes sense that you would you know yeah well i think we're all getting ready to launch back into touring and putting stuff out and so sure. we're all thinking like What's okay. the best way? Yeah. What's like? What is the world of music right now? Like, how how are we going to go about doing this? Where are things headed? Yeah. Let me no, ask I you. Know this. Israel. Yeah, Israel. I've been out to his ranch out in Drifting. Spain. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great dude. Oh man. We well, we started talking about psychedelics, and then it was like, dude, you want to come out? You you had me at psychedelics. If you're going out there, let's uh, let's hang. <laughs> let's do it, man. I'll tell him. I'll tell him for sure. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, let me ask you this. I have a question for you. Okay, so. Um, when you're writing songs, okay, or you said you were writing a bunch of songs during the pandemic, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, were the songs like about the pandemic or were they just, you just felt free enough to just write songs like you normally would. So more or less about the stuff you normally wrote, or did it really even affect, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. was it? direct mirror up to exactly what's going on or did it just inspire you to keep writing and that sort of thing yeah i, I didn't write about the pandemic at all like so you don't you don't have a song called like covid19 right like that's so like <laughs> not not yet at least uh, <laughs> <laughs> you think there's gonna be a lot of songs like that do you think people i heard that on the like the big country stations there have already been like anti-mask songs and stuff like oh really it's like last song yeah they're like hit songs about like don't wait don't make me wear no mask what the hell oh my yeah. gosh oh shit i didn't know that really yeah, they keep it topical don't, sure, don't make sure me wear no mask yeah i guarantee you that's the name of a song right it has <laughs> to be don't make me wear no mask. don't yeah uh so yeah I, I'm, I know that there are songs about it you know i just and i bet you could write a good song like relating it to it seems too spot yeah. on doesn't it it seems too spot on i think like, a great a great writer could do it yeah, like, yeah that's true but that's true. uh i'm not dying like i'm not dying to hear about it you know <laughs> i mean really <laughs> who wants to hear a covid song yeah. right like i mean is it fair? yeah it's like if that's all artists are like not right now rest. yeah i mean yeah. Down yeah so no i wasn't writing about the pandemic i really like i don't know i just felt like i went through a period where like i was struggling to write beforehand and so writing became like expressionistic of like just trying to let it out and then that that like kind of cleansed my system and suddenly i just felt like very peaceful that's awesome and started to be able to write about like pretty much anything i was just doing it every day like with a ritual and oh really and it just oh, got that's... to the point where like and i wasn't 
because like I wasn't going out, no one was seeing it. It was just me. So I had no, I was fearless because yeah. no one was going to hear it. And so yeah, yeah. I would just kind of show up and like turn on the, the faucet of like writing and like bizarre stuff would like stuff that I never thought I would sound like or write about started coming out and I would just be like, well, let's see where it goes. And it was the most freeing and having gone through that now like my i feel like my abilities as a as a writer have like expanded so much just that's by having having that like gone like having that fearlessness of like just let it come out even is that how you started writing music when you first began right is that how you were very fear did it feel like maybe going back to when you first originally started writing music a little bit i mean at the beginning it's like whatever is going to come out is going to like, you don't have any, you don't know how to do it yet. So like all you can write about is like whatever random ideas. Yeah, you have, yeah you know? totally, totally. And then I think you develop and you get conceptual and you're like, I got to write about this. I want to write about that. And then I just was like, screw that. I don't like, who cares about the concept? Just, you know, let it come out and give it whatever it is, give it a chance to be great. And that's, that's kind of how I've, how I am, how I'm writing now and how I'm moving forward, like artistically. I think it's good though, that you're disciplined and you like force yourself to write every day, get up and do honestly, dude, the best like artists and stuff that I've had on and interviewed and talked to, that's what they do, man. They treat it like not a nine to five, but like, it's a job too. Like you've got to, you know, train in a way, like think of it that way. You know, you've got to force yourself to, to write and to push and to, you know, keep, you know, going, yeah. uh, you know, I think, and if you do it at the same time, every day, there's just like, you start to condition your brain to be ready to like do that thing at that time. Oh yeah. So that's like smart. Maybe day one, that's day smart. two, it's a struggle, but di- day three, like your brain is already like ready yeah. to be there. That's there, smart. There's, there's, I think it's Picasso has a quote that's like inspiration exists, but it finds you seated at your desk. Like, you know, you might go out. You might go out in the world, yeah. and something might strike you. But for sure, like if you bring yourself to the place where you work every day, it, you know that's that's where it really lives. No, oh, that's smart, man. I mean, that's a uh, that's smart. You know, it all it reminds me of. Um, so I just interviewed uh, Bob Schneider. We had him on with, you know, the podcast and I've had yeah. him on, a, I've interviewed him a few times. Um, I love talking to Bob. He's, he's just such a open, honest person. Just so, you know, he just says what's on his mind. I love talking to him and, and you can really dig deep into like his songwriting process. And like the thing with him is he's all about volume. Yeah. So like, he's like, you know, he's got a new album coming out. Okay and um you know same as you right like worked on it and it was pre-pandemic he had done it all it was all stuff that right before the pandemic right and his thing is like he's part of this thing called the song club and it's kind of famous as you know and i think other people have branched out and created their own versions of it but you know he's one of the originators Uh, i think he is the original one that started where a bunch of artists uh, they they're forced to write one song a week and someone creates a phrase and they have to, based on that phrase, you know, write a song. And and I'm talking like there's very famous people in this group. You know, in fact, Bob won't tell me the names of the yeah, people. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard a couple heard names. You've yeah. heard of this, right? Yeah. So like, he's like, look, dude. So when I go to record an album, I've got a ton of songs I can choose from, 
as opposed to most artists when they go to write an album okay let's say they're going to do whatever 12 songs on the album they'll mm -hmm. write 15 or 16 and choose 12 right of those whatever song but he's like dude i got like 50 60 75 songs you know if, if i go a year and a half you know in between albums i'm writing a song a week right you know blah 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 he's like so for me it's just mm -hmm. i've got more option more choice to then take some songs and and make the best out of that yeah and then you, you get to pick like you know there's plenty of stuff that i write with with no intention of like doing it, doing anything with it. Yeah, like, totally. You just had an idea or a melody or something, yeah, you know, yeah. or something in your life. Like you just needed to figure something out by yeah. writing, writing yeah. through it. Like it can be therapeutic and just for you. Sure. But if yeah. you have that catalog, like if you're, if you don't have a bunch of songs and you, and, a, and a record's coming up, then you're going to be like, well, I guess I'll put it on an album. But if you have, yeah, just a huge catalog, you really get to decide like what, what do I want to give, like you know, to my audience or to the world, and what's for me? And I think, I mean, you can only benefit from like. How do you pick the songs? What what is there like a? Well, we'll criteria, yeah, to yeah. record like what's a yeah for you to like invest money. I'm gonna record that. I'm gonna give it to my audience. What is there sort of criteria, or is just like that needs just needs to be a badass song. I think you know, I don't know, like pick like everything that seems um, like you'd want to record it. And then <laughs> and then yeah. it's like once you once you've recorded it, then you've got to decide again, like what if what of this? What of this bunch? Oh, you know, OK. You, know, so you do yeah. scrap some stuff after you yeah. recorded it. You do scrap some stuff. OK. Yeah, not not a ton, like because I don't have. I mean, there is a certain incentive when you put money into recording it. Dude, it. I get it. That's why I said that totally. Like the and, resources of yeah, it. Yeah, like I, yeah. I'm trying to get to that point where I can really have that, like the wisdom to say, like, maybe not with this one, but, yeah. you know, and that, that being said, I always leave room to write in the studio. It's got to be tough. Oh, yeah. okay. That, like okay. bring in sense. seven or eight songs. Uh, you know, and spend the first couple of days doing all that and then start with a blank slate. Do other people yeah, do have other people help you write with you? Such a well, I mean, I'll do I'll do the, the lyrics and I'll do like the chord changes, but then we'll just bounce like instruments, like arrangement yeah. ideas from each other because you can't do that anywhere else but in the studio. So, yeah, yeah that's true. Like, I love just blocking out time with other musicians in the studio to be like all right like you know all i've got is like this melody and this line let's turn it into a song and sometimes yeah. that's like that's better than anything else i've written you just you that's never awesome. know that's awesome <laughs> no that's cool that's cool it, that's where the magic is right like when you're in the studio and someone tries something let's give this a go and Right. Is that where it's at? Is that, you know, is that where you feel the song coming together? Finally? Yeah. Yeah. That is like, that's what triggers that excitement feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, exactly. Yeah. Always. I think that as an artist can be like what you're looking for at like every stage of the way, like every stage, like you sit down to write it and all of a sudden you feel that magic, that excitement of, of what you're writing. And then you bring it into the band and you start working on it. You say, yeah, no, yeah, no. And then 
it clicks and then that excitement happens again and you're you know and you just hope to like i think if you can follow that magic as like the you're the horse and the magic is the carrot you're gonna make yeah. something really good <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cool it, you, know? It, you know when you're what is it about something that you say yeah there's something here right like when you're writing something are you are you thinking to yourself you know oh people are gonna love this or no. are you are, are you thinking to yourself this is awesome yeah i'm thinking i love this i'm thinking, you thinking i love this like okay. i'm thinking like you know oh i just heard that back and i couldn't help but smile like okay. that interesting that i think at least for me yeah no i love that, it that's the most like guaranteed like i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that idea if it if it moves me or the people in the studio if it if it gets them excited to work like always follow that stuff just like follow the fun you know have you ever been pressured or felt pressure from either somebody or i don't know management from something or some sort of deal or something to do to do a song you just didn't really want to do well not exactly but i think you can't i think you're always fighting like fear of either people not liking it or like wanting to do stuff that like wanting to do stuff just because you think people are gonna like it like yeah. that that yeah. always will pop in from time to time and sure. and i think like that's gotta be tough yeah to when, fight, you're, fight that when you're a little. just when you're really just starting out like you just haven't like you're gonna you're not gonna know like when and where is appropriate to like say yes or no to that sure. and I've, I've i'm just at the point now where i'm i try to make an effort to not um to not allow fear to uh inform my creative decisions you know yeah um which easier said than done, but that's oh well. I'm sure it's not yeah. perfect, right? Yeah, of course, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. No, you wouldn't be human for fuck's sake, right? Like Jesus Christ, like uh, it, it almost that's almost part of the journey as an artist. Is either you're going to struggle with that, you're going to you you know you, you you almost have to go through all these things for us as a fan, right? You have to like you know go through all these weird things to to get us the music that we eventually just listen to and go, yeah, that was awesome. But the whole struggle and journey behind getting it there and the decisions that were made, right? And like, is, yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's, like, that's the thing that like like you can go to art school or go to music school or something and learn technique and like you know be like get all the skills but like the real sort of mysterious adventure is just like learning how to like live live life and like those lessons that you learn as an artist that have nothing to do with technique or or talent you know sure like sure the decisions and and growing uh, you know just this there's stuff that you you learn and along the way that like but I'm still like learning so much all the time, but uh, you'll never but, stop learning. Yeah, but, but you can't, yeah. you don't learn in like, you don't learn that in school. Like I went, yeah. I went to a liberal arts school, but I studied music. And so yeah. I, you know, I know a lot about theory and I know a lot about sure. history, but like, 
I didn't know, you know, how to handle the, um, you know, the emotional roller coaster that is releasing an album, like, you know, just stuff like that, that you learn and and you figure out how to deal with by trial and error. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, of course, I mean, uh, you know, without a doubt that that's it. There's only, there's some things you can only learn by going through them. Yeah. Right. You can be prepared for them, which is what we try to do the most we can, but the truth is, you know, I, I always have this conversation with myself, like a lot of people do, right? Where they're like, man, if I could go back in time to myself, whatever, 20 years ago and say, Patrick, do this, this and this, and you know, you'll be there, whatever. But the truth is I wouldn't even listen to myself right? Yeah. because I'm in that mindset. Yeah. And I, I'm only going to learn it by going through it, really. So yeah. I would even tell myself to fuck off, really. I would tell yeah. my future self to fuck off or something. Or even if I did listen to it, it wouldn't be the right way, right? Something would get screwed up. So it's like inevitably, it's just part of the, you know, you're just going to have to, you know, go through it. And um, there's no other way around it. And in yeah. some ways, I find that beautiful. You know, I'm sure that can seem frustrating, but I, I think in, in ways, you know, that's the beauty of it, right? The struggle makes everything else sort of worthwhile. Yeah, that's the truth, man. That's it. Like, that's it. Spot on. Listen, I should be writing songs, right? Jesus, what am I doing? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, what's wrong with No, my God. I got to hit the notebook. <laughs> no, the, you don't want me to write nothing. Trust me. That's, uh, I would write songs about bacon. <laughs> do you have do you have musical talents no no not at all i mean i love playing music and i was and i've been in a couple bands and i've tried just a hobby you know i like uh i like playing uh that that's it uh i enjoy it. at this point you know i'm one of the i play music for myself that's mm-hmm. it. i mean that's it i mean i'm never gonna play for anybody so when i sit down at my little keyboard or my pick up my guitar and i'm absolutely horrible I'm only playing for myself and I, and I'm happy with that. Cause I get what I need out of it. I play for 20, 30 minutes, right. And I set it back down and I'm I move on with my day and I got out what I needed. Like you were saying earlier, like therapy or you, you just have an idea or, you know, it, it just, it's a release of some yeah, sort, right? It's, yeah. It's like a, a real vehicle for processing, you know, yeah. in a world where like, we're constantly taking in new information, like all this stuff. And like, we don't have that many outlets to like let it out, you know, yeah, and yeah. music is one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. also, I mean, I think like when I cook, I feel like there's, there's all, there are all these different creative outlets that like, yeah, the end product is a song or a dish or a painting, but like for the artist themselves, like the end product is just like, it's the process. A little, like, yeah. yeah, it's just sort of, processing in a way like you know i'll work so hard on a let's say cooking a dish right and you work so hard that, to be honest with you when the dish is done i'm done with it yeah i don't even care any i'm just like i'm moving on to the new thing i'm excited about yeah yeah right? it's like, that, it's I, that i'm creating yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like okay it's done probably when you're writing a song right the best song is the one you're probably writing and you're most excited about and that you know because it's 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 in the formation process and that's where the magic is happening yeah, you know, oh, and you're focused on the song and like yeah. you're not thinking about yourself, you're thinking about the song yeah. or you're thinking about like the ingredients in the dish and then you get it. And if you cling to that, like if you put it out and you're still tied to that, you're not going to be happy. Like, 
I yeah. think of it like fishing. It's like while you're fighting that fish, that's what it's all about. Like yeah. the harder the fight, the big fit, like that's amazing. But then like you gotta put it back. And like yeah. you can't you can't like continue living your life thinking about what that fish is up to. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's true, man. That's it. That's it. You gotta move, move on to the next one. That's funny. What I wonder what he's doing in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he's he, yeah. he thinks of me. Is he happy? <laughs> Yeah, what does he think of me? Yeah, did he tell his friends about me? I bet he did. I know he did. He's he's, he's telling a story right now at a little ocean bar. Yeah, like keeps right you up at night. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. This one time I was swimming around, guys. No shit. This metal thing came in my mouth and scoop, and scooped me out. You know? Did you guys know there's a place outside the water? You'll never believe it, right? Like <laughs> this is great. This is like <laughs> this would be a good like like disney comedy <laughs> totally that's that's funny that's funny. hooked on you i don't know that's that's too spot there on. you go that's too spot <laughs> let on. me get a pen that's, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it no that's awesome uh hey well listen uh okay so you got this new album come out. i don't want to miss all this stuff you know that we're yeah. supposed to talk about okay so you got this new album coming out um and maybe you play are you gonna play a song do you have a ability to do that yeah, a yeah, I've got a new uh, EP that's coming out uh, April 23rd. It's, that's called right. Ch- it's called Changes. Um, and there's already, there are two singles out. There's one called I Can't Change and there's one called Alien. Um, and yeah, I'm going to play Alien. Let me grab a guitar here. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Bam. We clip these out and throw them on YouTube and shit. Uh, so people love these live performances, man. Cool. All right. <laughs> This is fun. So the song, um, I recorded it with the band and it's very like rock and roll, like kind of heartland rock sound. And yesterday I was just playing acoustic at this show and I, I'd never really played this song solo acoustic. And I yeah. thought, you know, I've got some more time to fill here. Like, let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And totally. I loved it. And I was like, Hell all yeah. right, that, that works. That's awesome. <laughs> How's that sound? Am I blasting out the um, the speakers? Let me, sit, let me unmute myself. Uh, no, dude, sounds great. Sounds great. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute myself and let you so that my shit doesn't uh, fuck it up. But no, it sounds good. Cool. All right, this one's called Alien. One sec. Had abandoned ship, I was without direction. Lost and alone, like a child crying out in the night. There were storms all around, and I needed protection. Nowhere to go, and no safe place inside. Close my eyes and you held me tight. Said nothing's gonna hurt you now. Came inside, felt alive. Everything's gonna be alright. 
around me I just could not understand when you came along and I started to feel the connection no longer stranger alone in a distant land miles I'd fly from my home in the sky didn't know it would lead me to you. You helped me find the holes in time that I'd spent just passing through. I live an alien trapped in this human skin. Hold my signal, you took me in. Show me a way that I could live. Hold on, there's something wrong. Life is short, this won't last long. To the shelter from the storm. It is now, and you are here. I am trapped in this human skin. You caught my signal, you took me in. Show me a way that I could live. Show me a way that I could live. Yeah, you show me a way that I could live. God damn. That's really good, dude. Thanks, man. Man, this has been a blast. It's been you a, really a good time. Yeah, good, man. I'm glad. Um, that song is <laughs> kick ass, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Man. Yeah, this is a real treat. Thanks for having me on. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time. <laughs>